Life Audio. Hey, friend, Heather Creekmore here. I'm glad you're listening to the Compared to Who show today. Today is the second part of my coaching call with my new client, Presley, who is so amazing and just so brave, okay? Because literally, I don't know about you, but I don't know if I would let anyone record my coaching call. So, so many props to Presley. If you have been encouraged by what you've heard in these coaching calls with Presley, or if you can just relate to Presley's story, or if you just want to say, hey, thanks, Presley, for letting us hear your coaching calls, because that's pretty cool. Feel free to send me a note, Heather, at compared to who.me, and I will make sure that Presley gets your message. So today we are starting off kind of where we left off last time. So hopefully you listened to the last episode. So this one will make more sense. But we're starting off talking about her ideal image, which is an exercise that I talk about through the body image a freedom framework course. It's not an exercise that's in my 40 day body image workbook because it was just too confusing and too nuanced to put into a book. And so that's why there's a lot of things in the body image freedom framework online course that you're not going to find in the 40 day body image workbook. But I would suggest you still get the 40 day body image workbook. It's a great place to start. And then you may want to graduate to the body image freedom framework if you're ready to go deeper. But that's where we're starting today. She's talking about this ideal image. And I've just asked her like what it would take for her to become more like that ideal image, what it would cost her to be like her ideal image. So that's where we're starting today. Hey, I'm glad you're here for it. We are two weeks into our group where we're going through the 40-day body image workbook. If you want to join that, hey, you've missed two sessions, but there's four more, actually five more. So you can go ahead and join at improvebodyimage.com. We'd love to have you. Welcome to Compared to Who, the podcast to help you make peace with your body so you can savor God's rest and feel his love. If you're tired of fighting body image the world's way, Compared to Who is the show for you. You've likely heard lots of talk about loving your body, but my goal is different. Striving to fall in love with stretch marks and cellulite is a little silly to me. Instead, I want to encourage you and remind you with the truth of scripture that you are seen, you are known, and you are loved no matter what your size or shape. Here the pressure is off. If you're looking for real talk, biblical encouragement, and regular reminders that God loves you and you're not alone, you've come to the right place. I hope you enjoy today's show and hey, tell a friend about it. Off the top of my head, I just think how much time it would take me to to get to that and I would never get to it anyway because I've done all that. I've given all my time to that, but also like um, I've been reading Burden of Better also, almost done with it, but um, I think it's just like calling me to be better the whole time. Mm, yeah, yeah. And so, okay, so then let's talk about what she promises. If you could do it, let's say it all magically fell into place and suddenly you, Presley, you look just like her in that movie, then what happens in your life? Wow. Everybody who has any sense at all knows that I'm the stuff and that if they, if they don't think I'm the stuff, that's a them problem. And I can walk into anywhere and I will be totally comfortable because I am awesome. Mm -hmm. And 
people will just fall before me. Men, mm. women, I can have anything I want. Mm. And your husband will love you more. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Because your who kid- wouldn't? <laughs> your kids will be more obedient. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Everything would yeah. be perfect because I, I can handle it from this vantage point. I'm beautiful and perfect. So everything else will be too. Yeah. Or even if it's not, I can cope because I'm beautiful. Right. Cause at least you have that. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds so bad when you say it out loud, but yeah. it's still, it's still real. It is absolutely real. So let's talk through what it is. Any ideas? Like, what is that when we want to be able to walk into any room and have people think we're the stuff. I love the way you said that. Like what, what oh, is it? That is definitely pride. Mm. Yeah. Can you say anything more about that? Well, for me, I feel like pride is always like, I am really bad with pride. Like I, I have it really bad mm. and I, and it's so sneaky. Like when, like last week I could have, you know, you know, been humble and thought, you know, everything is fine. I don't even have this issue. But then like three or so days ago, it just reared its ugly head again. And I'm back to pursuing an image. Yeah. Yeah. Or fighting it off. But still. Well, I think you're right. Like, you know, pride is a big, a big part of this. But so so you hear grace as well, right? I think sometimes the reason why pride is allowed to stay is because it feels like it will make us safe or keep us safe. Yeah, absolutely. And so as I think about your desire to walk in and be the stuff, you know, or have everyone love you more, I don't really think you want that because you really like, you want a little bit of glory, but I don't think you really want it to be like the Presley show. Like, I don't think you really want it like where everyone just like is falling at your feet and you know, they hold you up on. No, I, I want it to all be mental and very discreet. Yeah. Yeah. And so really, I think the desire under the desire is just really safe that you wouldn't be rejected. Right. Yeah. That would never have to face rejection. Yeah. Because there's no chance that if I'm perfect, uh, I won't be, and I'll yeah. be totally comfortable and, and safe. I guess safe is another word for comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. But then it's like, is that true? No, probably not. Probably even be more uncomfortable because people will be envying. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I just, I remember, and I, I think I wrote about her in maybe compared to, um, there was a woman at our church who did some modeling and I mean, she's beautiful, just, you know, perfect. According to culture standards, she had the perfect look, the perfect body. And she had a really hard time finding friends because no one wanted to be her friend because she was so perfect looking. And then even in that, her husband bought her cellulite cream because she had just a little bit of cellulite on the back of her thighs. I mean, 
like in places no one would see. <laughs> I mean, maybe in a bathing suit, but you know, it's like, oh man, the pressure didn't go away because she already looked good. It's like it just instead of being like under um I don't know, instead of being obvious, it's like a magnifying glass was taken to like, well, here's your little flaw, like must, must fix every little flaw. And it just intensified. And so it is tricky, right? This idol, this ideal says, get me and you'll be safe. Look like me and you'll be safe. Yeah. But our bodies can't keep us safe no matter how they look, can they? Nope. No. Have you now, I don't remember this part of your story, Presley, maybe you can fill this in. Like has, has your body size and shape changed some over the years or have you kind of been consistent or like what, what's that part of your journey look like for you? Right. So, um, I was struggling with binge eating from like age five to age 15 and I was just kind of regular kind of chubby, but not really, not really chubby, honestly. Um, but then I started working out and I, you know, started being more strict with what I was eating and I got down to, um, more, a more acceptable weight for me that I thought I was okay. I still wasn't super happy, but I was like, I'm okay with this. And so then I was about 17 at that time. And then I, so I was smaller then, but I I then moved out of home to college and had my first boyfriend and our favorite thing to do together was to eat. And so then I kind of shot up and I got chunky, which wasn't a normal way for me. I was being very sedentary and eating way too much. But then I had my first son, um, not with that same boyfriend, but, um, and then I was, I struggled with binge eating while I was pregnant and I got up to 200 something way too much for, for my frame, but I couldn't, I couldn't, um, now that I think about it, I can't understand why my doctor didn't ask me what I was doing. Cause I gained 90 pounds mm. when I was pregnant. Um, but I was also struggling with a abusive relationship and like some other stuff. And so I went to binge eating when I got pregnant. So I, I got way heavier than I, ever had been naturally. So then I had the baby, lost the weight, got back to a normal weight for me. Um, but I've never been like super thin where I would think I was super thin or I made it. I never really arrived mm. in my mind, but I have been bigger, but that was, that was like a circumstantial thing. But yeah. I, I think normally I stay there around the same weight and around the same pants sizes or between like two to three sizes, I fluctuate, but not anything drastic. Yeah. Well, it's interesting to me that stuck out to me. You just said like, I never arrived at at the size that I needed to be or that would make me happy. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. 
Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Well, it's interesting to me that stuck out to me as you just said, like, I never arrived at at the size that I needed to be at that would make me happy. You know, but then I was going to ask you before you said that, I was going to ask you, you said 17, you were, you know, working out really hard and, you know, restricting your yeah. food and stuff. So it's like, you probably were at that size, yeah. but it's, it's the lie, right? It's never enough. It will never be enough. Like you, and, and I think intellectually, you know, this, like, we all know that it will never be enough, but yet it's like, it's, it's like when someone tells you that being rich like is doesn't solve everything. You're like, I hear you, but you know right. what? Go ahead, give me a million dollars, and I'll just see. I'll just test it. because yeah. <laughs> I need a couple, a couple of things. I think you know. I think yeah, it's, it's the exact same way. It's like I hear you that weighing that amount won't fix everything, but if you just let me try it, <laughs> then maybe I can see for myself, right? Uh, so well, the reason exactly. I have that question. The reason I asked that question was, and you kind of answered it a little bit through your story was, did achieving that size, even though it wasn't good enough for you, but you acknowledged it was, you know, a smaller size, did that keep you safe? Did everyone love you? Did you never face rejection? Did everyone treat you well? I didn't, I don't think I treated myself well. Hmm. Hmm. But I, I left that controlled environment of home and immediately lost it anyway because I, yeah. I didn't know how to not binge out of my controlled environment. Yeah. And I would say, again, like this isn't my area of expertise, but I would say, Presley, like just watching your pattern, right? Like, like your binge eating is always connected to something like hard emotionally that was going on. Oh yeah. Right. Like every time it just sounds like it just kind of, kind of matches up. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Other things are out of control. Other things you can't do anything about like being a little, a little girl and having your parents, you know, go through a divorce and, you know, and mom all over the place. Right. I can't control that. Exactly. God, I'm going to go to food, you know, and, the hard relationship when you were in, you know, college, I can't control that, you know, I mean, and even, even binge eating during pregnancy, like, especially the circumstances there, like that makes sense too. Right. It was, that was, was probably a scary out of control time for you. So yeah, it definitely was. So I hope you can give yourself grace for the reality that these behaviors aren't a lack of self-control on your part or like, that's not what this is. This is not, you know, Presley doesn't do a good enough job at controlling her food. This is like, your body was like, whoa, there's too much going on. 
we don't know how to handle it. Let's, let's do this to keep us safe. Let's do this to feel comfort. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm still trying to unlearn that, that coping mechanism, but it is, it hangs in there. It's a tough one. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, as we kind of wrap up our session today, I think what you just said is going to take us right back to where we went at the beginning with mom. Right. And so what I want you to do for your homework is I want you to keep doing the course, right? That's going to be important. That's going to keep you, you know, on track, but until next time, this is your homework assignment for next time is I want you to unpack in your journal. Do you, do you journal? I don't know if we had that conversation before. Is that something you've ever done? Have you ever journaled? I did journal as a young kid and I do, I do journal here and there. Yeah. Journaling is a hard habit to keep for those of us who don't like to feel things. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's like, Ooh, I'd rather just, I'll just let me think about it. I don't know. Write anything. Let's think about it. But something really weird happens when you make yourself write about it and you commit those thoughts to paper. It's like they become real, right? They, they go from being secret recesses of your head to, oh, now it's on paper. Now it actually happened. Now I've got to deal with it. And so I think journaling about what mom said and what, you know, obviously you were young, so you don't remember, you know, oh, and this made me do this or, you know, like, I'm not looking for that. But just like, how does it make you feel? I mean, you're a mom now, you know, you have a different perspective on it than you would have had (laughs) as a child, right? Like, how does it make you feel? What kind of a, I don't, I don't want to lead you anywhere here, but I want to throw this out. There's a breach of trust that happens when you don't feel accepted and, and it has a name. And it's given a label, right? And so what happened possibly in that, if that label came from mom, was that, was that a label that symbolized, you know, something related to you being unaccepted or undesirable even like just, I want you to, I don't, I don't want to say too much because I don't want to lead you, but I just want you to process as deeply as you can. And I want you to feel something and I can't force you to feel something. I can't ask you to feel something. I mean, I can ask you to feel something, but I can't force you to feel something, (laughs) but, but I want to encourage you to grieve it. It's sad. It's sad that mom said that. And if you can feel it, that's going to help. I know it doesn't feel like it's going to help. It's going to be like, why would I want to go be sad? Why would I want to think about the past? Why would I want to go back there? That's hard. I'd rather just shut the door and move on. And I'm not saying you've said that necessarily, but I hear that a lot. You know, people even quote scripture to me, like, you know, Paul said, forget what's behind. Like, that's why he said it. (laughs) Right. Oh, he was actually talking about like throwing back, throwing off the encumbrances of the sin that weighs us down, right? He wasn't talking about right. never think about your past. So, right. you know, I, I think for your healing, for your freedom, we got to look at this very 
I'm going to say, you know, I'm going to say it's, a, I was going to say pivotal, but that's not really the right word. But like, it was kind of a landmark moment for right. you as a kid. And so I think. No, I, think I never think of it like that. Yeah. Well, I'm I think sorry. That, no, God. Oh, no. I was just saying, I never think of it like that. I just think of, like you said, I don't feel anything when I think of it. Right. Well, I think most of us were like, we're strong. It was fine. It didn't bother me. Right. Right. I'm, yeah, I'm not, I'm not still sitting around worrying about something someone said to me 20 years ago, you know, that's not me, but what I find often, and it's not, it's not just you Presley. I mean, like every client I work with, it's like, we find a statement like that, you know, and, and yeah. oftentimes it's like the boy that sat behind me in second grade <laughs> you know, where it's like, I don't right. even remember this kid's name. I don't know where he lives now, <laughs> you know? And I mean, these clients like in their forties, fifties, sixties, like older than you, like, so like that have carried this for decades. And it's like, they don't want to mention it because it's like, well, it probably wasn't important. Yeah. But then once we can start to open that one little gate, then it kind of leads to other little gates of other things like that. And it really does make a difference. Okay. Yeah. So you have your homework. Um, I, I want to pray for you because this journey is about not just like me listening and, you know, like kind of uncovering things that might be keeping you stuck, but it's also just about the Holy Spirit talking to you, right? Like I, I want him to talk directly to you and show you like Presley, this is it Presley, you know, you're still, you know, yes. you're still remembering this. Like I want him to speak directly to you. So that's what we're going to pray for right now. Awesome. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for Presley and for her willingness um, to dig into the hard work of coaching. Oh, Lord, and thank you for her willingness to even allow this to be recorded so that others can hear her journey. God, I just pray that you will honor um, her courage and also her vulnerability, her willingness to and to put her story out there so that others can be helped. So thank you for that. Um, Lord, I just pray right now that you'll speak to Presley, Lord, that as she does this homework assignment, you'll help her feel what she needs to feel. You'll help her remember what she needs to remember. And that even if it's hard and that even if it's hurt, she will feel your presence. She will feel your arms around her. She will feel you right beside her. She will know that she is safe to go back to these hard places, not because of the way her body looks, but because she has you, she has you on this journey. And God, we just ask that you would just through your Holy spirit, like reveal to Presley things that maybe she's blocked out. Maybe she's not remembering right now, but reveal them to her. If these are places where she is stuck, things that would be helpful for her to remember and know, Lord, show them to her this week so that we can bring them to the light so that we can expose the lies and shine the light of truth on any of these memories or experiences that may have been hidden or remaining in darkness. God, I thank you. I thank you for the work you're doing in Presley's life and in her heart. Lord, keep walking with her to freedom. God, I just pray for your strength for her as she's still battling, binging. Lord, I pray that you'll you'll minister to her in that. 
Lord, that you will show her, you know, any, anything deeper in that front that you want to show her, God be with her, help her strengthen her. It's in Jesus name. I pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, lady. Well, I will talk to you next time. Thanks so much for doing this. Thank you very much. Hey, I hope Presley's coaching adventure has encouraged you. Maybe there's something you related to in Presley's story. Maybe you're just encouraged that perhaps you need some one-on-one coaching support yourself. If that's where you're at today, I want you to know that I can coach you too. All you have to do is sign up for the Body Image Freedom Framework, and you can choose to either add coaching from the very beginning. You can either do individual coaching with me or coaching with a group, or you can just sign up for the online course. And as you go, add sessions when you get to a place where you feel like you need to process something, which is essentially what Presley's doing. But reach out, Heather, at comparedtohu.me to see if coaching is for you. I hope something today has helped you stop comparing and start living. Bye-bye. The Compared to Show is proud to be part of the Life Audio Podcast Network. For more great Christian content, go to lifeaudio.com. Feeling stressed? Let's take better care of you. I'm Bonnie Gray, the host of Breathe, the Stress Less Podcast. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.